Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Welcome to church, y'all. Oh, there you are. Oh, oh, there you are. It's good. It's good to worship together. So happy to have, see a couple of our youth here that from, all right, <laughs> leading us. Thank you. Led by the super anointed Serana, that youth, those youth. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so... Um, we're starting a new series on um, stewardship. I'm going to try to um, sift through this a little bit, if I can. Just so glad you're all here. They do. Seems that they keep... Hello. Oh, hi, everybody online. Welcome. I'm here and you're there, but I'm there too, so I'm glad you're online. Welcome, everybody. We, uh, a week ago or so, we had, we're told that we could have 10 people in our backyard without issue, and I thought to myself, I don't know 10 people without issues. So, <laughs> I'm going to talk about an issue this morning. It's called and stewardship. And, um, and I hope that, hope that you can receive it. Last week I was, um, I'm always impressed with the Word of God and how it reveals things. And many of us have deeply held belief systems. And our beliefs become our choices. Uh, doesn't mean that they're right, doesn't mean they're biblical. They can even be self-harming, but we tend to protect them. And so in a moment like this, when I want to try to address what the Word of God says about stewardship, you have a decision. Are you going to be defensive or are you going to be receptive? Because you can't be both. If you want to protect your beliefs, then have a nice day, and I can't help you. Uh, you've already established what you believe. But if you're open, just maybe... The word of the Lord might redirect some of your beliefs, and uh, if that's the case, you'll find freedom. In an era when there's questionable sources of truth, we can always go to the word of God to be our truth. And that's how we create stability, is by putting our feet on something solid and then staying open to allowing him to lead us. Last week, I tried to address something about the battle of our minds. The biggest battles we face are not out there. Your battles are not against people. It says that we wrestle against flesh and not against flesh and blood. You don't have a battle with people. People embody certain beliefs and thoughts, processes, and perspectives and opinions. They, and they function out of a set of values and that have been established. And let's all just accept that we all have been programmed. You're all programmed. But you can be reprogrammed. Whatever that means, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, it means at least this, is that our battle is not against people. It's a, it's a much more complex thing than that. You may feel your battle is financial. You may feel it's spiritual. You may feel it's emotional. You may feel that it's social. But nevertheless, whatever that battle is, you're not fighting against people. People are never your enemies. But there are mindsets and belief systems that get into our worlds 
And what happens is that we become what we think. And I think the scripture is very clear on us not being conformed to a worldly mentality, but be transformed as we renew our minds. And then we can prove what the will of God is for our lives. So I know that many have spent hours on Rebel News and CNN and other sources of information. And I'm not uh, deceived by thinking the next 25 minutes is going to completely change the way that you think. But I'm going to take a run at it, nevertheless, because I think it's important that we hear the word of the Lord. Not the word of Lorne, but the word of the Lord. And so I'm going to let his word speak to you today, and I trust that you're going to be open to receive from it. Let me begin with a confession that usually vulnerability usually brings attention. My name is Pastor Lauren. I lie, I cheat, and I steal. Now, before you think that I'm the only one that's like that, may I suggest that we might be, have more in common than you think. Has anybody ever, when you're accepting an app or you're upgrading your computer, it says, I have read all of the conditions. <laughs> And you check yes. Just building some common ground. It could be that you lied as well. Ah, oh, yeah, but I sure haven't cheated. Okay. There's certain regulations that we've been asked to abide by. Have you been closer than six feet to somebody that you haven't? Oh. Has anybody here ever came up to a stop sign and just kind of slowed down and then rolled through? Hmm? Anybody even broke the law a little bit when you're going down the highway? Even just a little. Okay, then I'm in good company. We both lie and cheat. Uh, but you, for sure you don't steal. Well, let me just make a confession. Because the Bible says when we don't bring our whole tithe into the storehouse, we're actually stealing. The tithe is 10% of, of our increase. And is it possible to steal from the Lord? Apparently, because Malachi chapter 3 makes it pretty clear. And you may say, oh, I'm an auto-tither, auto and it just 10% comes off my check, but it says of our increase. Uh, have anybody like got like a gift card? That's increase. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, yeah, what about that? It's not about that specifically, it's what's going on in your heart. And anybody like sold a car for more than you bought it for? Not likely, they depreciate very fast. Anybody sold a house? It was an increase. They all are right now. A anything came in as an increase. Before we receive an offering, we give you a little bit of time to look back over the week, unless you're monthly. But if you're weekly, you look back over your week. Where's God bless me? And you notice, wow, that person, they took me out for supper. It was like a $150 bill, and you got blessed. I'm just saying, there is a chance that you steal as well. Uh, it wouldn't be consciously, because you're too good a person for that. I know. Me too, but I'm convicted of these specific things. If we're honest, there's times when we don't bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, if we're honest. Um, so I'm expecting this morning, as we talk about stewardship, if you wanted to, you could debate me on the frequency of bringing money to the house of the Lord. You could debate on percentages even. Uh, you could debate on where that money is to go even if you wanted to. That would be fine. But you can't be a student of Scripture and say you follow Jesus and not be giving in some way. God so loved, and love always finds a way to give. So 
let's just have a look at the scriptures and perhaps we have some things that could help us understand what it means to be stewards. The Bible says that we're to give regularly, we're to give proportionally as you've been blessed, and also that we're to give cheerfully, not under any coercion, any manipulation. It's a volitional choice of your own. And so maybe he'll speak to you today about giving. And if so, just kind of go with it, I guess. I'm going to start with Luke chapter 16. Uh, This is always an interesting passage for me. And there's some that um, make me smile. This is one of them. It's about the shrewd uh, manager. Uh, Don't read into this what's not there. Just let it speak for itself. Jesus told this story to his disciples. So he just finished... um, the story of my favorite chapter in Luke is Luke chapter 15. And uh, he's speaking about two different types of lives of the two sons. The prodigal wasted it, the son that spent it. But from a biblical point of view, we're, we're not to spend or waste, we're to invest our lives. That's what we're to do. So it says in chapter 16, he goes on to tell a story then. A rich, young man, sorry, a rich man hired a manager to handle his affairs, but soon a rumor went around that the manager was thoroughly dishonest. So his employee called him and said, what's this I hear about you stealing from me? So this is not advocating stealing. Need I explain? Uh, What's this I hear? Get your report in order because you're going to be dismissed. The manager thought to himself, thinking, uh, now what? I'm through here and I don't have the strength to go out and dig ditches. I'm too proud to beg. I know just the thing. And then I'll have plenty of friends to take care of me when I leave. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come, discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. And the manager said, tear up the bill, write one for 400 gallons. And how much do you owe your employee? Said the next one he asked, 1,000 bushels of wheat. With the reply, here. And the manager said, take your bill and replace it with the one for only 800 bushels. The rich man... (laughs) had to admire the dishonest rascal. Okay, it's not advocating dishonest rascaling for being so shrewd. And it's true that the citizens of the world are more shrewd than the godly are. I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others. There's the, there's the, there's the teaching. And then he goes up, and to make friends. And this way you'll, you'll, um, in this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. Use your finances to bless others, to help others. And then he says this. These are the, all of these now are lessons, one-line one lessons. Unless you're faithful with small matters, you won't be faithful with large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're, if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's money, why should you be trusted with money of your own? No one can serve two masters, for he will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What a profound teaching for us all. Let me break this down a little bit, because the, what I want to uh, focus on is this uh, the thing about being trust, uh, trustworthy. If you're untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? Uh, as a young believer, I was in Hawaii at a... FGBMI conference, Full Gospel Businessmen's International, if you're trying to figure out what the letters meant, I was hoping you would, and uh, they stood up and said, uh, it's giving time, so everybody stand up, 
reach in the pocket of the guy in front of you, take his wallet, and give like you've always wanted to give. I thought it was hilarious. Um, we, we've, we've misquoted that money is the root of all evil. This is not a biblical statement. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And if I could go a little bit further, and some people craving money have wandered away from true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Who, who pierces who? We pierce ourselves because our craving for money and our love for money, we pierce ourselves with many sorrows. That's a powerful statement. I've been pierced. Maybe some of you have when you have a lottery mindset. Bible says that a, well, a large amount of money given in, at, uh, in the wrong time becomes a curse. Actually, lottery mindsets are dangerous. If the type of person who's lazy doesn't want to work for his money, here's how, we, here's how we make money. I'll tell you how to make money. Get a job. That's how we make money. Our biases get exposed around money. It's a revealer and a magnifier, and it tests us all the time. Our beliefs... And our perceptions are confirmed in a, as we look around us. If you have a certain bias, a certain view of something, it'll get confirmed as you look around at life. Or your, you can ask the Lord to adjust your beliefs based on his truth. That's what I asked, have asked the Lord to do today. So um, it competes for our heart, is what the passage is saying. You can't serve God or money. It's not difficult. It's impossible. That's what he says. So stewardship, a, a thief says... Your, what's yours is mine. A selfish person says, what's mine is mine. A steward says, what's yours, I will manage for you. So it's the management of another person's wealth. That's what a steward is. You and I have been given incredible wealth because we're stewards. We've been given incredible gifts because we're stewards. We've been, we've been given the privilege of living in a free country so far. That's a, that's a blessing. That's a great thing that we steward. Many others don't share that blessing. We've been blessed so that we can be a blessing. The question comes down to this ultimately. Who owns it all? And it's typically one or the other. It's either all his or it's all mine. A steward declares that it's all his. Not just 10%, 100%. We don't give 10% to the Lord and do whatever we want with the other 90. Are you with me? I'm trying to help us understand that stewardship is that everything we've been given... Everything we've been given. Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I like Psalm uh, 100 verse 3. It says, uh, know that we are his. We, we are his, the, uh, I thought I had it right there. I need to meditate on that more. Uh, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It's his pasture as well as we're his people. We are his because he has made us. Know, know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. Whose are you? If you give your life to Christ, you are all his. Not 10%, not 50%, 100%. And you're managing all of your resources, your intellect, if it's there, <laughs> your revelations, if it's there, your gifts and talents, if they're there. He owns it all. And we get to manage or steward what he's given us. This is one of the biggest thoughts, uh, mental shifts for me, is, is that everything was his. This is a big calibration. You, you may think that you're just going to give him a portion. Well, it says we're to seek first, that he gets, 
he, first of all, we, we submit, we're to bring our bodies as living sacrifices, present our bodies. Your body is his. When people ask me, should I get the vaccine or not? I said, I, your body is the Lord's. You ask him. Don't ask your pastor. You ask him. Go direct. I don't, you know, you put other poison in your body, I suppose. <laughs> McDonald's. So... If you want to, I mean, in just in terms of that thing, our whole body, why can't, can I just fool around with my body before I get married? I don't know, I'd ask the Lord if I were you because your body is not yours. Yeah. You, it's his. <laughs> so I'm just saying the stewardship piece is not simply about our money, it's about our entire life. We bring it all. We sang about that, that he's king and all the earth will shout your praise. Um, eventually it comes down to that, what's the source? And who originated it? Where does it all come to? Where, where, where does it begin? And uh, I submit to you that it all came from him. The breath in your lungs comes from him. Your energy when you get up, from him. You say, but, but pastor, I, you know, I do all this work. Yeah, where'd you get the energy? Where'd you, where? It comes from him. Eventually, it kind of comes down to this. Is it, are you your own or have you been bought with a price? If we've been bought with a price, it's incumbent upon us that we once again present our bodies as living sacrifice that it's all his. The term steward comes from a Greek word, number 3624 in Strong's Concordance, uh, oikinomas. Let me just say that if you're in the first service, you can't answer. Um, oikinomas. What's, what do you hear in that word? Oikinomas. O- oikinomas. Oikonomics. Economics. Oh, that's where we get our, our idea of ec- economy from and economics. It, what it meant in Scripture was the management of another's wealth. Um, it, mean, it comes from two words, oikos, which means house, and nemo, which means a little fish. I'm joking. <laughs> nemo, nemo, which means to arrange. So originally, thank you. <clears throat> originally, a manager, it was a manager of a household or the manager of an estate. And in the broader sense, it was an administrator or a steward in general, and it was used to define Christian ministry and ministers. In general, it was using gifts that were entrusted in them from the Lord for the strengthening and the encouragement of a fellow believer. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You are stewards of the gifts that God has given you. The NLT says, manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. That's what a steward is. God's given us all gifts. He's given us all abilities. And a steward is one that manages them on behalf of the Lord. So the process kind of comes down to this. When we first give our lives to Christ, I mean, there's so many judgments against the church that all they want is money. And when we first come to Christ, we go, okay, Lord, our life is our own. And we give nothing. Uh, We used to pass offering plates. Does anybody remember when you used to pass the plate? Long time ago. Um, so you begin by giving nothing. And then what you do is you start giving a little. You see, oh, people, oh, someone's got to keep the lights on. Oh, it starts to come. Oh, they're doing stuff. Oh, and you start to give a little. Then the next step is you begin to give a portion. You work your way up to kind of, at the training wheels on giving is 10%. Uh, and then it moves into sacrificial giving. And I've seen this absolutely blow my mind, how sacrificial some people are. By the way, this church is one of the most sacrificial I know of. We all last year, I mean for a number of months, six, five or six months, we kept going without, with the church closed, but the gifts kept coming in. I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you so much for giving. 
And, and the point is you're not giving to Lorne, you're not giving to the church. When we give, we give to the Lord. That's where we, and where does our reward come? Not from Lorne, the Lord. That's where it comes from. So we bring our money and, we, and, and what's proportionally how we've been blessed, we give it in faith and then we spend the rest of that week or the next week after looking, how is the Lord going to bless us? Because there's always a reward and our eyes are open. And wouldn't you know it, as long as you, when you give, it opens up your eyes to be able to see new things, what the Lord is doing. So the other thing about generosity, Romans chapter 12 actually calls it a gift. For some people, making money is easy, believe it or not. But if they're not careful, they'll not steward that gift well. And the resources that they've been blessed with, they're meant to be a blessing for other people. So if you're already giving a little bit or proportionately or maybe none, you want to take a step and start giving a little bit as unto the Lord and releasing some faith, you can do that. And if you want to give sacrificially, you're welcome to do that. But the next step is if you've got a gift of giving, I want to stir that gift up that God would use you to bless other people. That's why we've been giving. It's stewarding our gifts and talents that God has given us. So I personally believe that giving and generosity are spiritual issues. And if you don't think so, you'll have a whole bunch of excuses why you shouldn't give. That's okay. That's your belief system, and we've already talked about that. But this morning, I'm not going to give an extra offering. This isn't a push for more money. It's an invitation to obey the Lord if you can see he's saying something to you in the Scriptures. That's the invitation. My life has been changed, I know this for sure, by people in this church. Uh, They've been generous, and they continue to be, and this is the hope is that we don't stop stewarding what the Lord has given us. I've met many in this church who have crossed over the line to it's all his. And we are just stewards and we are just managers. I've seen so many miracles when people move past it's all mine to it's all his. This is a huge journey of faith. But I know that when we want to give... Well, the Lord will find, you will always find a way how we can give. I used to, uh, I know once when I was convicted of this back in Saskatchewan, and I just said, I, I'd like to give more, I can't give more. And the Lord said, go look in your garage. It was filled with zucchini. Anybody who puts one plant gets a thousand of them back anyway. <laughs> the kind of weeds. But uh, we had zucchinis, we had cucumbers, we had tomatoes. And I looked and I go, oh, we've got something to give. If you want to give, the Lord will show you how to give. <laughs> There's lots of stuff. It's not just dollars and cents. It's the spirit and the heart behind Giving, which is what it is. It's interesting to me that this is what happens when we promote people, especially in ministry life or even in business life, who have not been proven uh, and been faithful with a little, so they've been given more. This is very dangerous, I think. I think it's part of the maturing process, uh, as I've said before, that the soil always gives the farmer the choice of what kind of seed. The soil is not picky. We... Any seed you put in it, it'll grow. And even some you don't put in will grow from years, from years past. But, but I love this guy, Barnabas. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and, verse 30 and 37, it talks about the son of encouragement. Barnabas' story is a brilliant one because he gets to go with Paul on missionary journeys. He gets to see people healed. He gets to see all kinds of miracles. But if, you're not, if you get up to chapter 10, 11, and 12 in Acts and don't see in chapter 4 what he says first, it says that Barnabas, the son of encouragement, sold a field and brought all that money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. He was a sacrificial giver. The Lord knew that he could trust him with eternal things because he was able to be faithful with the temporal things. This is the life of Barnabas. And I think about that when I think about um, in the church and life in the church and, 
And, uh, you know, are people proven before they're promoted? And one of the ways we're proven, it says here, is can we trust you with temporal things? This is interesting to me. Can I trust you with, unless you're faithful with small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat in a little, you won't be honest with greater. He's saying, he's saying that if you were dishonest with a little, you're going to be dishonest with a lot. That's what he's saying. So, but if you're faithful with a little, someone says, I'm going to wait till I'm blessed before I start giving. No, no, start giving when you're broke. That'll begin the flow. <laughs> Give when you don't think you have anything. Like begin giving when you're without. That's okay, unless you think the Lord is El Chipo, not El Shaddai. If you think there's a limited amount of resources, you'll withhold. You'll have a worldly mentality, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. But the Lord says in a time, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say something a little bit, uh, not really provocative, well, maybe it is a little bit, but I'm just saying that you can actually be giving now and expecting a harvest later on. No problem. If any food supplies begins to slow down, or if any sort of, you don't need to be anxious about the future. If you're a farmer and you got seed in the ground, harvest is coming. I'm just saying, I don't know what's specific, the plan, but I know the promise. And I know the one who promised. He's faithful. And I know if we get some seed in the ground, if the harvest doesn't come the next day, it takes another season and another season. There's spring, time, and harvest. That's the process. So he makes this point, which I think is remarkable, about being, <clears throat> about true riches, unless you're faithful in small. And if you're, uh, and, and if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who's going to trust you, trust you, with the true riches of heaven. Can I say that true riches are different than, what did I say? Worldly wealth or true riches. There is such a thing as true riches of heaven. Peace is priceless. You can't buy it. It's priceless. It's true riches. Joy is priceless. You can't buy it. You think that thing you bought is going to give you joy. Well, just give it a little time. It'll rust. I'm just saying there's priceless things. True riches are priceless. But he said, until I can trust you with the earthly riches, how am I going to trust you with eternal riches? We all would like to see God move and begin to heal and deliver and free. We want breakthroughs in our family. That's eternal stuff. He said, you want to see that? Can I trust you with the temporal things? Then I'll reveal to you and release the eternal things. You can't buy a miracle. I'm not saying that. Don't get weird on me. I'm just saying, I, if he can trust you with earthly things, he's going to be able to trust you with eternal things. Jesus comes to a rich young ruler, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do? to? How do I get the eternal thing? He said, I'll oh, take all that stuff you have, sell it, and give it to the poor. He went away sad because he couldn't trust him with the earthly things. He couldn't give him the eternal thing. Do you see the principle? It's not a small thing. If you can't believe God for provision, don't expect that you're going to be able to believe God for cancer. He's saying, if, I can, if, I can, if faith can rise in your heart and you can trust me for tomorrow, then I can trust you with eternal things that are priceless, the true riches of heaven. This is stewarding what God gives us. And he says, there's a process in learning. Now, I know, I know, I mean used to meet young men all the time. God's called me to minister to thousands in auditoriums. And I said, 
oh, could you, can I get you to help me park cars? Then I'll look at their giving records. Hey, can I just, how about giving a little bit? No, 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 I just want to go preach to millions. I said, oh, good luck, buddy. It won't work. Your heart will not be able to take the fame. Or the, you, won't be, you won't have the character to sustain it. Anyway, trying to make sense of things here this morning. You guys okay? I'll speed up if, if, you, if you say amen. Yeah. Um, money's a magnifier. Marriage does this. Actually, a pandemic does this. It's a revealer. People all of a sudden getting, they're getting fearful and anxious about all this stuff. Well, yeah, it's because it was in there. This just put a little pressure on and what came out? Like a pimple, right? It's under pressure. Just pressure is all it is. When a, when a, un, when a, when a really insecure rageaholic gets married, he doesn't get healed. He becomes a married insecure rageaholic. That's what happens. Marriage doesn't heal you. It, it's an exposer. Money's like that. If you were a jerk before you get a bunch of money, you'll just be a bigger jerk once you get a bunch of money. He says, this is what he says here. He says, if you, if you, were, um, if you're, if, um, if you cheat a little, you won't be honest with a lot. That's what he says. If you're generous with a little and you get a whole bunch, you know what'll happen? You'll be a massive blessing to a lot of people. Don't say, don't say, well, once I get blessed, then I'm going to start giving. No, no, you'd start that now. Get, the, get that train leaving the station right now. Be a steward of what God's placed in your hands now. And if he can trust you with that, he'll give you more. He's not a liar. He'll give you more. My days preaching, I didn't want to preach. My days preaching, we're driving to an Indian reserve in northern Saskatchewan at minus 40 to uh, do a midweek Bible study the people who really weren't that crazy, but it was the warmest place on the reserve, so they came. To, they weren't excited about the word, but it didn't start here. It's a process. Faithful with a little, give you a little more. But it, it's a revealer. It reveals hearts. You see young boys with toys. What happens when they get blessed? Just get more toys. You see people who get, love fancy cars, get blessed. They just get a whole bunch more fancy cars. It's, it's not good or bad. Money's not the issue. But what can happen is it get, it's the heart. This is, that's, that's what he's trying to say here. Uh, money is, is not the true riches compared to health and wholeness and joy and peace and love. This is a real frustration. I see people, they're following the Lord, and they want to see God break through. They get really disappointed he didn't come through. He wants to know, can I trust you with a little? Then, I'll, then, then oil will flow when you lay hands on people. Can I, can I trust you with the temporal? I'll give you the eternal after that. You see, it's a real ceiling for many people's walk with the Lord. They just think, yeah, you know, this, 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 yes, but money, mine. He says we're stewards of it all. It's all his. Sooner or later, it it comes to that. It's all his or it's all mine. And lastly, our motivation in giving. This is such an important thing for me. Matthew chapter 6. I like scriptures that confront me. And I had to think about this a little bit. Um... But Jesus is never concerned with how much. He's concerned with how come. You're trying to buy me off with your big gift? Hey, big boy. Take care or beware. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired because you will lose your reward from your Father that's in heaven. He's saying there's a reward for giving. As much as you and your beautiful mind may not want to admit that there's a reward in giving, I'm just saying that three times in this passage he says there's a reward. And you get to pick your reward. 
You can pick whether it's you get it here with people going, yeah, or if you give in secret and the Lord will reward you. You can pick your reward. I think that's great. I get to pick my reward. I love that. But when you give to someone, don't shout about it as a hypocrite does, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I assure you, that's great when he says that, hey? I assure you, they've got their reward. There's a reward in giving. So you can either get the praise of men or else you can get the affirmation of your heavenly daddy. He says, here's what, I can assure you they're going to get their reward. But when you give to someone, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in secret, and your Father who knows all secrets will reward you. This is wonderful. As we steward the things, and God, we're faithful with a few things, uh, the Lord gives us more. Our, our path of following Jesus is not 90 minutes on Sunday morning. It's 24-7. It's not, I'm going to give the Lord a little, little and I'm going to manage the rest myself. I'm not sure if that's trustworthy. That's not stewardship. That's hoarding. Uh, I think that, that if we work and make some money, and if we plan, and if we give, we'll have a godly heritage. Or we can hoard, be lazy and not work, and be, be impulse buyers. It'll be a curse to the generations. What we try to do is do a 10-10-80. We want, plan on living on 80% of our income. We currently live on uh, right around 70, 68, 70%. Uh, we're going to give 10 right away. We're going to save 10, and then we're going to learn to live off 80. When people get bonuses, many times they take the bonus and they up their, oh, time to buy another house. Or you can say, let's just wait on that, and let's use our resources to bless people. That's an option. <laughs> I want us to be people who are a blessing and live to be a blessing and remind uh, the world that it's all his. I'm here to say that as stewards, it's all his. Our kids, our family, it's all his. You stress about kids, I mean, whether they're adults, kids, no different than little babies, don't go out in the road or you get ran over. Like, big kids do the same dumb things. I know. But if you're not careful and you're not trusting the Lord with the kids, you'll end up getting like stomach things. Trusting the, not trusting the Lord with your future, you'll get like, mm. Not trusting the Lord with, your, with opening up doors and blessing and favor. If he can trust you with a little, he'll give you more. That's the point. Would you stand with me, please? I want to pray for people that need income, that need uh, a job, that need uh, resources. I want to pray for you. And I want to, there's such a difference between people when you can, you can there's two things. You, once you've broken uh, poverty, you need to also break the fear of property, poverty over people's lives. Father, today I thank you that you are our provider. We declare that all that we have is yours. Forgive us for trusting in ourselves, our skills, rather than submitting them to you. I pray for people that need, that need work today and jobs I pray that, as, that they would be faithful with what you give them. Thank you that you're super generous with everything that you have, Lord. You've entrusted us with the greatest thing, eternal salvation. Father, I pray that the people here today as they're gathered, that we'd be wise stewards. That it's, and your word says that it's a, a required of a steward that they be faithful. Lord, would you find us faithful with the things you've placed in our hands, the opportunities you give us, Lord, the beautiful country that we live in. God, I pray blessing and favor on the men and women that are here today. Blessing and favor for generations and generations. 
God, I pray for people online, for blessing, for generations and generations, those that need employment, those that need income. God, I declare that you're making a way already for them today. And Father, I thank you, knowing that we are stewards of your stuff, that we can rest and sleep like teenagers tonight because we trust you with it all. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I hope that was a blessing to you all. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.